Thank you guys. I'm, I feel humbled and honored to speak to you today. I do, like Mark said, I felt the Lord giving me, dealing with me personally about some things that I was going through this summer. He just kept reminding me of some things and pointing some things out in the Bible to me. And as I prayed and studied and read, I just, he just kept giving me revelation on it because he was just trying to love on me and help me get through a really hard time. And so when Mark asked me if I would be willing to speak, I knew that if God was speaking to me and loving on me and trying to help me get through a hard time, that that was for sure the thing that he would want me to share with you guys today. So I'm going to try my best to do that. The harder you pray, the better I'll do if things go wrong, it's your fault. So um, I want to start with this Bible verse, and I want you to look at this with me, and I want you guys to just show of hands with who has he heard, who has heard, who has heard this verse before. So through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. So who's heard that before? Who's heard those? Yeah, I've heard those. I've quoted those. I've claimed those. We actually put those on a Christmas card once. That's how um, far we went with those verses. But um, now I want you to think, and just maybe you with someone beside you, just think about, do you know what book of the Bible these are in? Who is saying these words? And what is the situation that these words are being said in. So think about that for a moment. If you have someone you can bounce an idea off of, if you got nothing, it's fine to say, I got nothing. Who is saying it? Where is it found? And what is the situation or the context that these words are said in? Okay, so y'all look done with that. So I'm going to see how many of these you got right. So it's found in Lamentations. Anybody get that one right? Did your partner get right? Get that right? Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Okay. Jeremiah is saying these words. Anybody get that right? Anybody? We thought it was Lamentations saying them, didn't we? So, and Jeremiah is saying it because he is talking to the people of Judah about his life, how he has gone through a lot of things that have been hard, and he has felt a lot of feelings that have been difficult, but he's testifying that God is faithful. So that is the context. So I've always heard these verses, and so when I was going through some stuff, and I was going through some hard times, and I was really struggling, and I was just asking the Lord, help me. and then I even felt guilty for struggling. Have you guys ever been there where like you are struggling, like, Lord, why is this happening? I just don't understand. I want this to change, make this different. This is so hard. I just, and you, then you feel guilty. You're like, oh my gosh, well, I'm a Christian. I should be acting better. I should be doing better with this. So then the Lord just brought this scripture to me and said, you know, look at Jeremiah. He's testifying to my faithfulness and my mercy and my compassion right after he tells about the bad stuff he went through and how some negative feelings he had about that. That's your human side. And we're going to be human. And it's okay to be human as long as we crawl dig into, get back to who God is. Does that make sense? As long as we don't give up on getting back to God is faithful. So I want to read Lamentations 3, 1 through 21. It's a lot of scriptures, but it's one of the most important things that we could do today is read scripture. I'm the man who sent affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and time again through the day. He's aged my flesh and my skin and my broken, broken my bones. He's besieged me, surrounded me with bitterness. Whoa. He has set me in a dark place like the dead of long ago. He has hedged me in so I cannot get out. 
He's made my chain heavy. Even when I cry and shout, he shuts up my prayer. He's blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my past crooked. He has been to me like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in ambush. He has been turned aside my ways and torn me into pieces. He's made me desolate. He has, made, he has bitten his bow and set me up as a target for the arrow. He has caused the arrows of his quiver to pierce my loins. I have become the ridicule of all my people. They taunt their taunting song all the day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He's made me drink wormwood. He has also broken my teeth with gravel, covered me with ashes. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Remember my affliction and roaming and the wormwood and the gall. But my soul still remembers all these things and it sinks within me. But then this I recall to mine, and therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Because of his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will have hope. So when I was looking at that and reading about Jeremiah, that doesn't sound like a testimony, does it? What if somebody got at church and started testifying like that? We'd be like, sit down, <laughs> you know? If they were at like 21 verses, they were talking about everything bad and, and how awful they were. And I was bitter and I was woe. And then we're like, uh, okay. And then, but it all was leading to testifying of the goodness of God. And that's what I think God wants to use the hard times for our lives for. And I don't want us to miss it. I don't want to miss it. If I'm going to go through something really hard, I want God to be glorified. I want somebody to be saved. I want something good to happen of it. I don't want it to just be for naught. I just refuse to let the hard times of my life to be for naught. So the title of today's sermon is being rooted in God's faithfulness. Isn't it funny how we're so familiar with verses 22 and 23, how the God, God is compassionate and his mercies are new every day. And I count on that. And he's faithful. But we're not so familiar with all the other verses that came before that where Jeremiah was talking about going through hard times and being bitter and all the things that he went through. I believe that Jeremiah is talking about this right here in verses 1 through 21. He's talking about his life, situations, trials, feelings, and emotions. And I'm going to call that a horizontal view. You know what I mean by horizontal view. Horizontal view. And then in verses 21 and 20, 22, 23, and 24, he says, but despite all that, my, my heart would have sunk within me because it just, my life overwhelmed me. But I know that God is faithful. And so God's goodness and his compassion and his mercy. So then Jeremiah's pointing the people, he's talking to the people of Judah. He's pointing them vertical. He's pointing them vertical. And you know, the only way that we can handle this is this. And you know, when we say, the song that we sang this morning about counting the cost, sometimes the cost is you got to walk through this while the whole time doing your best to point that way. And sometimes that's hard. And sometimes for me personally, I need God to help me. And sometimes when I'm doing my best, it don't look like I'm doing my best. It looks ugly. Like if you could see me when I didn't have my pastor wife church stuff going on, you'd be like, man, that girl's a mess. Because I'll be crying. Sometimes I've gone through some sort of things that cause me just to cry. I've ran from the Lord and like not done some of the things I needed to do for a few days. I've, uh, it's, it can be very ugly. But I know that, and this is the big idea of today's message, and this is what the Lord told me. 
To be rooted in God's faithfulness, I cannot look at horizontally for the things that He has given vertically. I cannot look at what's going on in my life, how do I feel about what's going on in my life, for joy, peace, and hope. And we can't look at this world. Oh my gosh, if, you're, if we're looking horizontally at this world right now, there is no peace, no hope, and no joy there. We have got to, on purpose, choose and ask the Lord to help us to look vertically so that if we're going to have any hope and any peace and any joy, because it is not going to come here. So Jeremiah had some negative, hard things to deal with. So I want to say this because I want to connect this message to us as the church. It wasn't like Jeremiah knew the Lord, therefore he had no problems. Anybody who knows the Lord say amen to that? Yes. It wasn't like because he knew the Lord he had some problems, but he handled them perfectly. Right? But sometimes as the church or sometimes, you know, I feel like, and as the pastor's wife, I... I go through things and I don't want to give the wrong message. Like I don't want y'all to think I don't love God and that he's not real. So I'll just try to keep on, keep it on, you know. And sometimes y'all might look at me and say, man, her life's perfect. But really I've got things going on. And maybe if I showed you some of those things that are going on in my life, it would testify more about the goodness of God than the face that I put on that I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? So one night we were in the, downstairs and we were in the prayer room and we were praying for things. And so I gave in a prayer request for Harlan because I give him prayer requests for everywhere I go. And I will because I'm that Gigi. And so I was asking for prayer for her. And all of a sudden I just started crying because I cry over everything. I'm going to try to get through this message today without crying. My kids used to tease me. You know that show says move that bus? Move that bus. Well, we watched it when the kids were growing up. And every time they moved the bus, I'd be bawling, crying. They'd go, are you crying, Mom? And I'd go, no. They'd go, yes, you are. But I cry over everything. So I started bawling, crying. Because I am a Gigi, and I just was so touched by what I want in my heart for my family. And, but at the same time, I didn't want anybody to think that I was giving up on the Lord, I didn't love Him, or that there was anything. You know, so I said, but I believe God's good, I believe He's going to heal, I believe everything's going to be alright, there's the goodness of God, I believe in God. I am not stopping believing in God, and when I die, you have somebody preach that at my funeral. Well, you should have seen their faces. They were like... But I wanted so bad to make sure that the things that I was going through still pointed to the Lord. But, you know, I don't want to give off um, an air. And, 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 and You know, in, in dream interpretation, if you dream about the pastor's wife, you're dreaming about the church. So when I feel like there's a message for the pastor's wife, it's a message for the church. Does that make sense? When he's saying to me that when I go through hard times, I've got to use those hard times to help other people who go through hard times. That he's saying to the church, when you all go, go through hard times, you've got to dig and claw your way to Jesus. So that when somebody that you love is going through a hard time, you could show them how to dig and claw their way to Jesus. And that is important. So the better truth is not that we don't have any problems because we know God or that we handle them with absolute perfection. The better truth is we grieve, we hurt, but we know God is faithful. And we know if we have any hope, it's because of God. And so that's the impression that we want to give. You know, there are two kinds of helpers that we can be as church. I think as myself, as a Christian and as a pastor's wife, I think when my friends are going through something, there's two kinds of Bobby that I can be. And those two kinds of Bobby shows up in the book of Job. The one kind was his friends who kept telling him that all of his problems was because he was a sinner. And, but that's not what God said about Job. God said that Job was a fine man. He bragged on Job to, to the enemy. So he had... 
a high regard for Job. So that wasn't true. And Job called those friends his miserable comforters. And now that's not the kind of person I want to be. I don't want to be so uncomfortable with your hurt that I try to rush you through a flippant answer. Does that make sense? Oh, pray, read your Bible more. (laughs) Go. You know, I I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the miserable comforter or tell you that it's your fault or that you've done something wrong or that, you know, I don't want to do that. Then there's the other comforter. There's the other one that we don't even hear as much about. There's only like a verse or two about him. He calls him his intercessor. And Job says about him in Job 16, 20 and 21, my intercessor is my friend. While my eyes are pouring out tears to God, on behalf of me, he pleads with God as one who pleads for a friend. And you know, in this verse, I believe, and I've heard other people say it is is absolutely a forerunner of Jesus as our intercessor. But I believe Job had a friend. A man friend who was praying and crying and hurt because Job hurt and he was praying for him. And so that's the kind I want to be. And that's the kind I think that God wants the church to be. Do you all agree with that? So if we look at some of these verses and limitations, I'm not going to read them again, but I am going to summarize them. I want to talk about verse 1. Job says he was in a bad place and he feels like he's sinking in the mire. And he really did sink in the mire at some point in his life. You know, they put him down in the dungeon with a rope and he got, they stuck him in the mud. And so he really did. But sometimes that can be also metaphorically. Some of you guys may be here today feeling like you're sinking in the mire. Do you feel like your life is overwhelming you? Like do you, are you worried about people you love? Is your job hard? Are you having financial problems? Is there something going on in your life right now that causes you to feel overwhelmed and like you're in the mire? Well, that's what Jeremiah was saying. He was saying, I was in the mire. But it, when he said... God is faithful and his mercies are new every day. At the end of his testimony, we can apply it to every piece of the testimony. Does that make sense? So when he said, I was in the mire, he could have also said, but God is faithful. His mercies are new every day. I was in the mud. And that's what we have to do, be able to do too. I know that in this verse, I want to say this too, that Jeremiah is talking a lot about God doing it to him. And I don't really, what happened with Jeremiah is... He was called to ministry, and because of the ministry on his life, he was paying a price. You know, like we sang this morning, count the cost? And so that's what was going on with Jeremiah. He, he was paying a price for serving the Lord. So that's what I think was happening. But sometimes it might be the Lord is chastising us because he does chastise those he loves. It might be we made a bad decision and got ourselves in a mess. It might be an attack of the enemy. It might be God trying to grow us and prune us and refine us. But, you know, it's normal and it's human to ask why or think about the why, but we can't stay here because you're probably never going to get the answer. And if you do, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be good enough. And so at some point, the enemy will take that and try to distract us with it. Have you ever, don't raise your hand if you did, or if you want to, go ahead. We don't care. We are going to be so transparent today. But have you ever got so caught up in the why that you just felt yourself over and over again going, why, why, why? I just can't understand. Why? Why has this happened? And that enemy can, I heard this at at the conference market I went to, test us during the test. So when we're in the mire, that's the test. And then the enemy comes along and wants to consume us with the why. Because when we're looking at the why, we can't look at the who. You know? So he wants to keep us distracted with that. Nikki Gumbel says that the whole book of Job isn't so much about God, the why God allowed it. The book of Job isn't anything about the why. It's about the appearance of God in the middle of it and how we need to respond to it. That's why he wrote it, and that's what he wanted us to learn from that. Verses 2 and 3 
Jeremiah's talking about being in darkness and not having light and being uncomfortable. You know, darkness sometimes can represent depression or unhappiness and light is, can be symbolic for happiness or, you know, a good state of emotion. And then, so maybe today you're here and you felt like you're in the darkness, like you just can't shake off this feeling of being um, unhappy and, and can't get your way out of it and don't know how to get your way out of it. And so Jeremiah was there and he was telling people that. I was in the dark. But he also was saying that God was good and he was faithful and his mercies were new every day. Jeremiah talks about verses 4 through 6 having health issues and bitterness. And this is one of my favorite parts that Jeremiah shares because he not only shares what's happening to him, which in the church world, we can be okay with that. Am I right? We can be okay with people sharing what happened to them. But when they start to share a negative feeling they had about it, we get a little uncomfortable, you know. So when, jo when Jeremiah says, I was, had a lot of health issues, and then he says, and I was bitter. I had bitterness. Well, you know, we, I've had bitterness in my life. Have you? And you don't have to raise your hand. I'm the only one, I think, right now that God's making share all of her, her hidden stories. It'll be your turn next. But I've had bitterness in my life. And I hated it. it. It really is poison. And I've had to ask the Lord to help me with my bitterness. And I've had to go back time and time again. And I've ha I had to just consciously know bitterness was wrong and not bitterness was good. And that God could help me move from being bitter to not being bitter. And somehow I was going to have to allow him to figure that out in my life. Does that make sense? I didn't pick up no magic wand and say, Woo, I'll have no bitterness today. I don't know where that magic wand is. You know, I had to keep digging. You know when you put roots in? When you uh, plant a plant? You don't set the plant on the top of the ground. Yeah. I'm not even a gardener. But Mark's going to get me a garden for Mother's Day. But you don't even plant, you don't even put them on the top of the, he'll be sorry, won't he? You don't even plant them on the top of the ground. You have to dig down so you can bury the roots. And we have to be rooted. We have to dig we have to dig and claw into the dirt of our circumstances and put roots down so that we can make it through those kinds of things. Verses 7 through 9, he talks about feeling trapped in a situation that he just wishes would go away. I have situations in my life right now that I just wish would go away. Anyone feel like God's not answering your prayers? That's another thing that sometimes we may feel, but we wouldn't say. But I'm just going to say that. I've prayed hard about some things that have not come to pass. And I want them so bad I can't stand it. But he's faithful. And I trust him. And the only hope I have is him. It is him. And I love him and I know he loves me. Verses 10 through 12, he felt attacked and desolate and abandoned. In verses 13 through 15, he felt ridiculed and talked about by other people. In verses 16 through 18, he felt like he'd been punched in the teeth. And he had some personal failures that had been highlighted. And he had some financial problems. Any of those apply to you? All of those have applied to me at some point in time in my life. And then verse 19 through 21, he says, Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall. And I can so relate to this next sentence. My, sto my soul still remembers these things that happened to me and it sinks within me. Does anybody have, have something bad that happened to you in your life that when you think about it, it still causes you to like, ugh, your soul sink within you? But then I recall to mind this, and therefore I have hope. <laughs> Though the Lord's mercies, I am not consumed, and because of his compassions, I will not fail. His mercies are new as every morning, and he is 
faithful. I can't control this, but it doesn't determine his faithfulness. This has nothing to do with his faithfulness to me. So Jeremiah talks about uh, recalling the truth to mind. So how can we recall that truth to mind? Again, that's how we get rooted, is we recall the truth to mind. But it's not as easy as we think. So Jeremiah gives his big testimony and says, all this bad stuff happened, but God is faithful. Now Judah, you guys got a lot of bad stuff happening right now. I'm testifying to you. Here's how I handled it. I dug into God's faithfulness and his mercy and compassion, and I never gave up on it, no matter what happened to me. That, that's what you're going to have to do. So in verses 40 and 41, he says to this, Search out and examine our ways. Turn back to the Lord. Lift our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. So he's giving them some advice. So this is us. This is the church. I've been through a really hard time. It hurt me. I did everything I could to dig and claw my way to to the things of the Lord because I knew that was how I was going to win. And then I see my friend going through something similar. Lord, don't let me be a miserable comforter. Let me move beside my friend and hug her and tell her that I know what she's going through. I've been there and I understand the emotion of that and the heaviness of that. And I know that she can win. But I know the truth is she can only win by plugging in, running to the things of the Lord. And I know that won't look pretty, that she'll try and fail. She'll fall down seven times and get up seven. And that's okay. That's okay. Just keep digging, keep running to the things of the Lord. So how do we do this? How do we examine our ways and turn back to God? Every time I speak, the Lord makes me tell you guys the same thing. Because he's telling me the same thing. Read the Bible and compare our ways to the truths that are found there. Not because we feel like reading, but because reading the Bible helps make us overcomers. Because we are communing with God himself. You know, the word is God become flesh. The flesh is God. So it's unlike any book you'll ever read. Every book you ever read is words on a page. The Bible is God himself on the page. It's a story of Jesus and it's a love letter. It's a story of Jesus, and it's a love letter. Second Timothy says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's unlike anything we'll ever read. Matthew 4 says we don't live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, His Word. So do you think the enemy wants to make it easy for you to read and commune and look at God Himself on the page and also live to have life breathed into you by the Word of God? No, he does not. So will he create distraction? And discouragement for reading, yes, he will. Psalms 19 says, The instructions from the Lord revive our soul, bring wisdom, bring joy to the heart. Give, they lift up our eyes. They warn us about danger. So he tries every way in the world to keep us from reading. So what do we need to do? We just need to make up our mind we're going to read. Okay, we don't have to read the whole Bible. We don't have to read the Old Testament in a day or year. We don't have to read a whole chapter. We just need to allow some of the Word of God into our life. Just open it up and read or get a Bible study plan and read. And then let God do what He does. God has brought me along in Bible reading. It was between me and Him. I started off skipping days and not understanding half of what I read and feeling like everybody else was doing better than me and avoiding it. To now, I have a regular time where I read. But God brought me into that just when I met Him with what I had and He just took me from there. Another thing that we can do to search our ways is to pray and ask God to search us and to cleanse us and to help us. And we pray not because we feel like praying, but because when we pray, we're talking to God. And that means we're going which way? Vertically. Vertically. So when we read, 
Word of God is, it is God. When we pray, we're talking to God and our prayers are eternal. And we know in Romans 12, it tells us to continue steadfastly in prayer. And again, you don't have to be a theologian when you pray or when you read the Bible. Just get started and ask God to help you move along and get more rooted. Ask him to help you grow spiritually in both of those things. And don't ever give up on them. Just say today, I'm never going to give up on reading my Bible. I'm never going to give up on praying no matter how much I struggle with both of those. And then worship, we don't worship because we feel like worshiping sometimes. I mean, I tell you, when I come in here on Sundays to worship, when I worship, my worship is probably so gangly, ugly, because I'm all over the place. But I, I worship because I'm mad at the enemy and I want the Lord. Does that make any sense? Like, I, it's not, I don't come in here and worship because I've had the best week and I'm so happy. It's, pro, it's probably not like that. It's because I've got things in my life that the enemy's trying to take me down with and I'm drawing a line in the sand. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say to the enemy, you've been after me this week. I'm going to lift my hands higher. I'm going to sing louder. Sorry, y'all can hear me. I can't sing. But I'm singing loud. I'm going to praise you because I, won't, I don't want the enemy to win. I don't want the enemy to win. So when I worship, I'm worshiping from like this fighting. Like I'm mad and I'm fighting and you're not going to win. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care if I didn't handle it well this week. I'm worshiping you. You're God. You're faithful. And that's how I worship. When I was going through something really hard, I was praying to the Lord. And I, I said, Lord, I said, I know that I'm, I'm running from you a little bit lately. I, I'm having a hard time. I can feel my heart being so numb from... The circumstance I'm in, I can feel myself running from you a little bit. And I just know it's not right, but I don't know how to stop it. Can you help me? That's what I said. And he said, turn on one worship song and worship with it. And I'm like, this is a silly thing, but I'm like, well, I don't want to be fake. And I don't feel like worshiping. Isn't that silly? And I don't want to be fake. And I don't feel like it. So mm, I don't know. And all I heard him say was the same thing over and over. Turn on one worship song and worship. And I thought, well, I'm just going to do it because that's, that's what he told me and I'm going to do it. And so I turned on the worship song and I started worshiping. Well, we weren't, I wasn't a minute into that song before my heart was broken and tears were flowing. And I felt something move in me that put me in position to stop running. Does that make sense? It put me in position to just hear what he said and to stop running. So I want to show you guys a picture. This is a, a picture that Tim Hill, who's an overseer of the Church of God, and he's in Tennessee, uh, posted. He is uh, worked with churches in Ukraine and Russia. One of these is a church in Ukraine, and one of them is a church in Russia. And he's worked with both. And this is before the invasion occurred. And they're in church. And in the top one, you can see people raising their hands and clapping and worshiping. And they're blurred out for their own safety. They're blurred. And then they're praying. So they're saying... Our country is about to invade another country. Our country is about to get invaded. We're on the brink of war. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. I'm going to go to God because I, they know that that's where the answer is. I want to share some quotes with you. Smith Wigglesworth says this. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I hear Libby say this all the time. She speaks into my life with it. I move by what I believe. But what we believe will be our emotions and our circumstances if we're looking at this. If we're going to be rooted in faithfulness, we've got to dig into the Word and prayer and worship so we can look this way, so that what we believe is His mercies are new every day. Great is His 
faithfulness, and we believe it. Bill Johnson said, faith doesn't deny problems exist, and that's not what we want to do as a church. Nobody's going to buy that, and that's not a good, good thing for, that, that makes us a miserable comforter if we like want to deny that someone has a problem. But it just, learning to deny their place of influence, their place of influence. This does not bring me hope and joy rooted Rooted in God's faithfulness. But I have to do something to get rooted. I just can't be planted magically. I have to read. I have to pray. I have to worship. And every time I do that, no matter how insignificant it seems, or no matter how not good it is compared to someone else's, the way they do it, it is digging me in. It's rooting me. So it's good. It's good. He says, we don't disregard negative things, but we must not be consumed by them. Whatever we feed our attention on, will increase in our lives. So if we're feeding on the horizontal, that's what's going to increase in our life. If we're feeding on the vertical, then that's what will increase in our lives. As we read and as we pray and as we worship, then many truths will come to light. And I want to share, and there's another quote by John Piper, but he talks about, he says, my feelings are not God, God is my God. My feelings are not truth, God's word is truth. And when you read God's word, here's some truths you can get. And these are some things when Tim was saying this morning, being thankful. We can be thankful when we understand who God is and what some things that we can be thankful for. And we get that by reading the word. So here's some things that touch my heart. Uh, the first one is he loves us. And Mark shared those verses from Ephesians, Ephesians last week that talked about he wished that we could understand the depth and the height of his love. And that makes me, when I'm going through a hard time and I feel alone and, and I'm worried about something, if I can just say out loud to myself, Bobby, God loves you. And I'm reminded of that. It helps me. It's the truth. It's the truth. This is the circumstance, but that's the truth. He's willing to forgive our sins. You think the enemy wants us to know that? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's always with us. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of time. Wow. That makes me, like during the time of what's going on in this world today, that brings me comfort. He's with me all the time, even to the end of time. God's word can transform us. In 2 Timothy, it talks about it being good for teaching us, instructing us, correcting us, rooting us in his faithfulness. Christ's work on the cross is sufficient. He has this divine power that's been given to us for all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we can be partakers of a divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world. Do you feel like you need to escape the corruption that's in this world? The truth is we can do that through Jesus Christ. God is sovereign. We're reminded of that in Chronicles. Oh, Lord, is your greatness and your power and your glory. You are victory and majesty. Your victory and majesty. We have eternal happiness waiting for us. In Romans it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. And then uh, and my final truth today that I, that I love is we win because God wins. Job says in 19, verses 25 and 26, I know that my, this is when he was in the middle of all of his stuff. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. I know he shall stand at last on the earth. And after this 
skin, this body is destroyed, I know that my flesh will see my God. <laughs> and when I'm looking at some of this, and I don't know how some of this is going to turn out. And it might not all turn out like I want it to turn out. I know that my Redeemer lives and I'm going to see Him again. John 16.33 says, I've told you all of these things so that you can have peace and that peace in knowing that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Who's heard that verse? Take heart, take heart. So I read that one day and I said, Lord, what does take heart look like? I want to take heart. I need to take heart in what I'm going through right now, but I don't know how to take heart. Like I can't just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to take me some heart today. It doesn't work. So the next day my devotion was on David in Psalms 27, 13, where he said, I would have lost heart had I not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I said, oh, I see what you're saying, Lord. You, you answered that question from yesterday, today, that I need to believe I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And the only way that I'll do that is to be rooted in who he is. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to worship. Not because I feel like it, because sometimes I don't, because I know it's what I need to do to be rooted in Jesus. And I know that when I'm rooted in Christ, I'm winning. I'm winning and I'm going to make it no matter what happens here. I'm going to make it and I'm going to have some joy and peace that the world cannot explain. So when we're going through stuff, when I'm going through stuff, when you're going through stuff, when the church is going through stuff, God says that he comforts us so that we can comfort other people. That's what the scripture says in First in Second Corinthians. Comfort others with, our, with the comfort that we've been comforted with. So that's what we need to do. So we need to look at ourselves as a church and look at ourselves as a person and look, okay, there's the miserable comforters that Job had where they said, He's, you're, you have sin in your life and you're not, that's why you got problems. And then there's the intercessor who cried and prayed for him and interceded. And so I think God is calling us to come along beside people, share a little bit of ourselves transparently, hurt for them because they hurt, cry, intercede, pray, love them, and point them to the things of Jesus. Speak truth. The way you win this battle is you read your Bible, you pray, and you worship. But there's a way you can say that, and there's a way you can say that. Does that make sense? We have to say it with love and mercy and compassion. So here's what I'd like for you to do today. This half of this middle section, I want you to look at the people over there and you look at them. This half of this middle section, look at the people over here and you guys look at them. Just look at those people over there and just see how many people you can see. Look at all those. Those are your brothers and your sisters in Christ. And every person that you just looked at, is probably going through something really hard right now. And they've not even told you because they don't know how to say it and they don't know what you would think if they did say it. Or they just got through going through something hard and they still got some scars and stuff to fix on it. Or they're getting ready to. And they need you to be their friend. And they need you to love them and pray for them and comfort them with the same measure of comfort that God comforted you with when you went through those hard things. So as the praise team comes, I'm...